0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleLife Radio's new show, Indie Focus, episode number two, and we're here with Shiloh. This is our new show where we take someone who is working or has worked in independent wrestling, and we want to learn more about them. Hashtag support Indie Wrestling. Hi, Shiloh. How you doing?
1: I am doing well. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well. Very well. So we're just going to ask some questions. We're going to get to know a little bit more about you. Um, Very basic stuff. And then... uh, Hopefully, uh, we can learn you know, more more about your, your career.
1: Cool. Definitely. Well, I'm happy to share and talk and all that good stuff.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, before we actually get into the wrestling, tell me where you're from.
1: I am in London, Ontario. So, I've been here for majority of my life. I was in Stratford until uh, my early teens, and then I moved here, and I've kind of made this home. So, uh, yeah, I've okay. been in London for a How while. Do you- How do you like it? I love it here. I love it here. It's a perfect size. Ooh. There's there's just enough going on to keep you uh keep you entertained but the city doesn't swallow you whole like some of the really right. big cities. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, see, that's pretty cool. That actually reminds me so I right now live in Jacksonville, Florida, which is very far away from you.
1: <laughs> it's away. A it,
0: yeah. It's kind of the same thing though. It's northeastern Florida. It's by the beach. There is a big city downtown, but there's a lot of cool suburbs and you know, there's enough to do and we get enough entertainment come see us. But the reality is it's not like, you know, Miami or yeah. New York City, you know, where we, you know, there's just so much to do that we can't really, I, I don't know. I just, I, I like that feel of, it still kind of maybe feels like a small town because I'm from a teeny tiny town in Alabama. Yeah. It kind of feels like a small town, but there's enough to do to make it a big town.
1: For sure. That's my, my hometown's, uh, I, it was just under 30,000 when I. When I left, I don't know what it's at now, but it was a, it was a cool place. Cause there's a lot of tourism there because of the Stratford, uh, theater. So it yeah. was really like busy and lots of stuff going on in the summertime, but then winter would hit and it's a ghost town. So at the best of both worlds. Oh, wow. Too. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I'm
0: sure that the people from your town probably came here. So I'm sure that I've, <laughs> I've met many of them in, in my time.
1: Definitely. It's all bouncing around.
0: <laughs> so let's, Let's get into some wrestling. Did you did you watch a lot of wrestling when you were growing up?
1: Um no, none. Um Really? Yeah. So
0: That is not what I expected to hear.
1: This is this is the this is the kind of uh uh sort of the differentiator between me and a lot of the people that I work with now. I okay. I started wrestling very late in life. I got involved in wrestling super late in my life. It was completely by chance. So Okay. I like my i have an older brother he's like a year and a half older than me and like i remember some of the attitude era when he was super into it but i didn't pay it any mind i was pretty young at the time yeah but uh what actually happened was a couple of years ago i was dating this guy and he was a wrestling fan and i whatever i didn't really care much about it but he uh he wanted to watch a pay-per-view the one day and I asked him if he wanted to hang out and he was like well I'm watching this pay-per-view like you can come if you want we're just gonna have some beers and I was like whatever I'll go so I go to hang out with him and I'm watching this um it was SummerSlam and I'm watching SummerSlam and I've never seen wrestling before that where I've actually paid attention to it and uh, you know halfway through the pay-per-view I was like standing on the couch like jumping around super, super excited and super invested. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Where's, yeah. where's this been all my life? And to, to put this sort of into perspective, like I was 30, 31 when this, when this was happening. Really? So, yeah. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like a, you know, I wasn't in my teens or anything. This is uh, this was kind of a weird instant obsession for me. And, um, Started, I started watching wrestling casually after that, uh, and it kind of went from there. Things spiraled out of control, and now I'm where I am now. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So that that is incredible to me. That is really, <laughs> really awesome. It's wild. So what you became a fan? Yeah. In your early 30s. Yeah. And then you became or How in the world did you become a pre- professional wrestler? And what like what sparked that fire? If you're like, man, I love this so much. I have to do this.
1: I, th- I think it's the combination of, of like stupidity and dumb luck because, okay. Because like, I, I mean, I was interested in, in what I was seeing and it was entertaining and, um, you know, people try and learn new stuff all the time, but the reality was, um, people don't typically start wrestling when they're in their early thirties. Right. And not only that, but finding a, a reputable school, um, or, or, or Safe place to train is is in itself is difficult at any age. Yeah. So, I I kind of threw the idea out there at the end of that pay per view. Actually, was when I I I said I was like I'm gonna be a wrestler, and he he's like he looked at me me and he's like that's the (laughs) that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. (laughs) And I say stupid things like constantly. So that was that was a big moment for me. Um, But he uh, yeah, so he was like that's like absurd, and I almost immediately started. Uh, researching schools. And he told me, he's like, good luck finding anything around here. You know, it's not uh, as common as some other like combat sports or things like that, that you might be used to. And right. so I hopped on the Google machine and uh, I started poking around and stuff. And I found the Tyson Duke wrestling factory right here in London had just opened, uh, not even a year. Uh, it wasn't even open a year when I, when I found them and I sent him a message and things kind of went from there. So.
0: That is so cool. <laughs> weird, so my, yeah. my, I'm I'm really flabbergasted. Like, yeah. so my next question is, where did you train? But you just answered that. So tell me about, like, tell me about how the training experience went. Like, did you go? Because, like, my buddy Devlin. Now, this is from 20 years ago, 25 years ago, actually. I think um, he was telling me when he went to train, and the first guy that he had trained and basically just beat him up to make <laughs> sure he was tough enough to be a wrestler. Oof. And, Of course, he's an 18 year old kid at the time. So did you have a similar experience or were they really good to you?
1: No, nobody beat me up. Uh, okay. That. That's good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it was, it was kind of wild. Cause I, uh, where the, the wrestling factory originally was located was like behind these like dicey stairs under this, uh, this like, like bike track thing. It was like, he had just opened it. Um, and they have since relocated to a, like a really nice facility, but So I I went into the building and I'm wandering around and it was through all this like, like tunnels and like you had to go under a tarp and there was no way I would have known how to get to the ring. So my, my first, my first day there, I'm wandering around in the lobby of this vacant building, super confused. And this girl uh, comes out and was like, are you looking for, for the, for the wrestling factory? I'm like, yes. Can like, am I in the right place? And she took me through the little, little alleys and stuff. Uh, It was actually Violet Lee. And so when I got back there, uh, the class was relatively small still. I think there was uh, maybe six, five, five or six people there, okay. um, and everybody was like, you know, super, super friendly. Uh, Tyson was, or like, pretty understanding. I'd given him a heads up on my background or lack thereof when it came to wrestling. Um, okay. So he 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 wasn't really. I don't think he was expecting too much. Uh, understandably, so it was a pretty pretty easy day. We just did like rolls and stuff. But, um, it was, it was super scary for me. Like it it was an, it was a completely new experience and I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't really know a lot about what happens in a wrestling school because I wasn't, you know, like all of these, these people that I'm training with had done, um, had been wrestling fans their whole lives, So they had an understanding of like how the business worked in the background and they read autobiographies and what people had gone through to get where they are. And I didn't know any of that. I was just some dumb girl who, you know, wanted to, Like learn a little bit and see where things went. So it could have went a lot of different ways. And I'm lucky that it went the way that it did.
0: That's so cool. So how long have you been wrestling?
1: Uh, Now I've been, I want to say it's close to three, three years. That's since I started training. Wow. Um, With that said, I was actually out with an injury. I tore my ACL. Um, oh gosh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, it's, 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 okay. I have two knees. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, That's the best response to an
0: ACL tear I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> so, well, that was, I mean, it, it sucked. Like I I hate that it happened and I put me up for a long time, but uh, um, I had a couple of surgeries and things went by a lot quicker than I thought they would. Like I I was back in the ring and I was training and stuff. And actually what happened is I was scheduled for like, oh, my, com- my comeback and stuff. Then we got hit with the pandemic and all of my bookings yep. got canceled. So.
0: Oh, that's a bummer.
1: So technically I'm still waiting for, for my comeback. So it's going to be like a double go. comeback. Yeah.
0: Big pop, right? It's going to be good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for real. Yeah.
0: So how did you tell your, tell your ACL?
1: I, um, it was actually just during a routine drill <clears throat> in uh, training. So really? Uh, it was just, doing, yeah, I was just doing a leapfrog and I stuck the landing and I, I just kind of like, Oh, it's like something was wrong. Kind of moment rolled out. And I didn't go to the hospital for a couple of weeks because I, I don't know, cause I thought I could just walk it off. turns out you cannot walk off yeah. a knee injury when you tear your ACL.
0: No, so, no, that's not how it works. Yeah.
1: So yeah, what the swelling didn't go down. So I went, uh, and got it checked out and yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much that. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, when you consider uh. some of the stuff people do in the ring to tear it on a on a leapfrog, when you consider some of the stuff people do in the ring is kind of kind of funny, but I guess there's no discriminating when it comes to injuries.
0: No, I, I guess not. <laughs> oh my gosh, so it's like Vince Man sliding into a ring and tearing both of them. I mean, yeah. it's just it's insane. Sometimes yeah. things just happen.
1: Yeah, and it, you can't really predict it, so you just got to make the best of it.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, tell me about. So your family, right? You become, you're in your early thirties and you're like, man, I want to become a wrestler. How did your family take that?
1: Um, my, I come like my dad's a musician. Uh, my mom is, is actually a musician as well. They met on the road. Um, cool. So my dad's an entertainer. So he, he was like, okay, cool. Like that sounds hilarious. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's like, I don't know. So he was, he was, my parents are super supportive of everything, but it was, it was just funny because my dad just kind of chuckled like, like, okay, if this is, this is what you're going to do now, then just don't be an idiot. Don't hurt yourself. And of course, right. Of course I did repeatedly, but. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were, they were good about it though. I, I a lot better than like, I've heard, I've heard some stories from, uh, you know, some of the people I train with and it kind of breaks my heart to know that they don't have the support that I have. So I'm,
0: I'm really grateful right. for it. Well, good. I'm yeah. glad. Sure. So, your very first match in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. I want to know how that happened and like what was going on leading up to it.
1: Uh, so my first match was actually uh, uh, at Barry Wrestling against Jody Threat. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Jody, but uh, she is not only an incredibly talented wrestler, but she's like an amazing person. So it was really best case scenario for me. Okay. Um. I was super nervous. I I'm pretty high strung just just yeah. by nature. It's just kinda like you know, it's just kinda how I how I do things. So I was super nervous to begin with and uh uh she was an absolute delight to work with, so I, I got pretty lucky there. It was an open challenge uh for her title, for the women's title there, and uh I did not win. <laughs>
0: no. what's well, your first match. You can't win <laughs> yeah, a title in your first match.
1: I, exactly. I did not win, but uh but I but I left a winner in my heart because that was my first match and it was cool. I felt like a wrestler when I left, which I didn't necessarily feel like up until that point. So
0: yeah, cool. that's super cool. So your yeah. very first match was an open challenge for the title. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Huh.
0: So tell me about your favorite match you've had over the years and why was it your favorite?
1: Um, you know what, it might actually have been that match. Oh wow! Um, just because there was like this full circle moment that I had because after I start like this, this was like this match was five minutes, like it was
0: it right. Was, you know,
1: but after I had, um, uh, you know, after I had started training and, and doing all this stuff, one of the first things I did before I actually went to the school was go to a smash wrestling show that was here in London, uh, because, because my trainer Tyson Dukes was on the card. And at that time I had no idea who he was. I didn't know if he was like a reputable trainer. I, I was just kind of trying to get a feel for everything. So I went to the show. I wanted to see what the indie scene was like. And Jody was actually, uh, on that card. It was Jody, um, Vanessa Craven and Shotzi Blackheart. Okay. And I remember this was this was the only uh, women's match on the card. And I remember watching it. Jody stood out; she was so good. And I, so it was cool to have seen her in, you know, the first indie show I'd ever been to, and then to be standing in a ring with her a year later was like kind of a cool moment for me.
0: That's awesome. So,
1: yeah, it was neat. And I and I, my 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 next match after that was actually my debut, like my uh, Smack Wrestling debut. We would do uh, pre shows for them, and uh, that was their. Uh, show that they did with Impact Wrestling. So that was really cool too. So my second time, like that was a, a full length match that I had. Uh, it was in a sick man and it was with Impact. So that was cool to be able to go from like, you know, to, to nothing to being yeah. like, uh, sharing a ring with people with Impact. That so was cool.
0: Wow. And only a year turnaround. That is super cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was really neat.
0: So you've only been wrestling a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Has your character changed over the years?
1: I mean, I think that I'm still at the point where I'm really fleshing out what I'm doing and who I am in the ring and all that stuff because this isn't something that you get good at overnight. Right. Um, and it's not something that like even you can, there's so many different aspects and elements of wrestling that you can be really great at one thing and you can be terrible at another or, or you can be um, a natural at one thing and other things are a lot more work for you. So there's, you know, I'm just kind of trying to, get everything as, as strong as I can and, and work towards being the best character I can be. And it's, it can be hard when you're focused on a million things to to try to evol- evolve your character, but I'm still trying to flex that out, I think.
0: Okay. That makes sense? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So, do you have anything specific that you do before every match? Any rituals?
1: Uh, <laughs> not I really, love the uh, laugh. I'm looking forward <laughs> to this answer. I just, I normally I just kind of panic a little bit. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I get, um like, I, I used to, I, I still am, I'm, I'm a musician as well. So I'm a vocalist and I, I play instruments and stuff. Are and you? What to, do you play? I play guitar and I play, uh like, keys, like synth and stuff. That's and cool. I'm a songwriter. Yeah. So you would think that I would be more natural on a, like, in front of an audience, but I'm really not. Like, and I, one thing that I, I, I used to be in a band and one thing that my old guitars taught me was, like, a deep breathing technique. So sometimes, like, I amp myself up a little bit too much and I just kind of sit there and do that for a little bit to try and not you know not wig it much,
0: yeah <laughs> so when you when you go through that curtain yeah. do, is do you have like really crazy nerves or does it all go away because of the roar of the crowd
1: it's 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 both I think I think okay. I, I think the nerves when you when you're doing something uh you know like whether it's you know wrestling or performing in any capacity really I think the nerves are important because they they sort of represent what this what it means to you and it kind of shows you and reminds you that you you care about this that's why you're nervous right I don't I don't get nervous going to the grocery store because it's just the grocery store but this is something that matters to me so those nerves I try to sort of remind myself that that's a good feeling to have and then when you get out there and you interact with people and, and people are responding in the way that you, you want them to. It's kind of a kind of a surreal feeling. And it is once you get in the ring, um, you know, it it's it's more it's more what's going on in the ring. And you don't really acknowledge uh, the, the fear as much, I guess.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. So have you worked as both a face and a heel? Yeah, I have. I have. Which one do you like better?
1: Um, I think there's advantages to both like working a face is cool because everybody wants to be the hero and everybody likes being the good
0: guy right
1: um but being a heel is uh i i want to say it comes more natural to me and i don't want to say that like i'm this (laughs) awful person
0: like i'm a terrible (laughs) person i love being mean oh no
1: i think that um it's if you ever find yourself in a position where you don't know what to do being a heel is is a little bit less challenging because um, like there's, there's certain things that you can do that are always going to make people mad. Right. Um, so, you know, you can say something awful or, or do something and, and it's, it's almost, uh, less stressful to, to do that when you're newer. Now, um, as a face, when, when you're trying to get people on your side and stuff, it's, it's just as much other responsibility of the heel being a complete jerk. Right. So, so I don't want, I don't want to say it's easier because it's not, it's just different. And I feel like it's, uh, more, na- more natural. I guess. Okay. I guess it's more natural for me to be an awful person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I work heel most of the time, so.
0: <laughs> that's that's good to know. <laughs> so uh, you've you've only been watching wrestling for a few years. Who are some yeah. of your favorites? You're from Canada, so are mm-hmm. you a Bret Hart fan? <laughs> they're all they're all Canadians are Bret Hart fans, right? That's what we're told in America. If you I'm enter an Canada an- you all they all like Bret Hart.
1: <laughs> I'm an Owen Hart fan. Really? <laughs> I thought he was so funny when I went back and I was watching, uh, you know, like trying to go back and there's so much, there's so much wrestling. Like there's so much that has yeah. gone on and there's so many iconic moments that I always, I always feel kind of silly when I'm around these people that have been, you know, involved in this since they were just like little kids and they know all of this rich history and I know nothing. Um, so I, I do try to like learn and, and sort of, uh, at least have some idea of what I'm talking about and learn about different techniques and what different wrestlers did. And I, I find that I relate to wrestlers a little bit differently because I don't have the emotional investment that a lot of people had at the time.
0: Yeah, that is so, a really good point. I didn't think about yeah, that. It's
1: kind of neat. Um, but with uh, yeah, I going back, I loved I loved Don Hart. So, uh, but Canadian, like being being in Canada, there's we have a lot of great talent around here. But one of the first wrestlers that I really, sort of, was like, oh my god, was actually Kenny Omega.
0: Oh yeah, he's the yeah, incre- best bot machine. He's great.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I feel like a lot of the reason that is the case is because I, everything he does looks like just like natural. Like it looks like he just should not be doing anything that what he, than what he's doing at that moment. I think that's what everybody who strives to do anything, um, anything like uh, artistic or entertainment or anything like that, that's what they strive to do. They want it to seem natural and honest, and I think that that's like what he does, and that's really cool.
0: I think Kenny has this thing where. Even the little nuances that people I think a lot of people don't pick up like when he's running the ropes, he just doesn't look like every single other wrestler out there yeah he just he just does it differently and that's something that that is unique about him and I, I think that a lot of people that don't really understand Kenny Omega miss those little things. He's one of my yeah. absolute favorites. I'm a big fan
1: definitely and I think that goes for like this is the, the um like is like an all-encompassing. Wrestler, he, he finds ways to get you so invested into uh, into into the storylines story and things like that. And then there's like I'm I'm a huge Jericho fan as well. He's a great wrestler, but oh, I love yeah. him. But I love Jericho as like as a character. I love him on the mic. He just like I just get so giddy when he's when he's uh, when he's in the ring. And that's kind of like a it's like for I love him for different reasons. So it's you know there's 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 a lot of good stuff out there, and it's it's hard to pick. Who you, who you like the most when, when you like everyone for different reasons. Yeah,
0: I've been a Jericho fan since WCW. I, I watched it as a little kid and I think the stuff he's doing with AEW now is as good or better than anything he's ever done. And this is amazing how much he has evolved over the years. If someone told me they believe Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time, although I think it's Shawn Michaels, I wouldn't argue with him.
1: Well, and I, like, as I was saying before, though, I'm watching this so much later that the way that I respond to it's a little bit different. Like, I just saw the Festival of Friendship, like, a month ago. and
0: Oh, it's so good! I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, we, we have amazing. an episode, we have a show called Best and Worst, and I'm gonna do a Chris Jericho edition, and that, the Festival of Friendship, is going to be the best of Chris Jericho, <laughs> like 100%. Yeah.
1: like this, and this is stuff that people just kind of have, uh, they know existed, and they saw a long time ago, and they've seen it a million times, and I'm seeing this stuff for the first time, and it's... It's like, it's cool because that's like, you know, this stuff, you can't make that.
0: That has to be really fun for the people you work with and, and maybe your brother who's been a wrestling fan for a long time, if he still is. And I think it'd be really cool to say, Hey, that's what I love about my wife. I mean, one of the things about her connection with wrestling, because, you know, we watched it a little bit when we first got married, but really, she's really gotten big into it in the last year. So it's really fun to be able to show her these incredible things. Like I just showed her the Ric Flair retirement match, even though like as a match, it's not, you know, this incredible, incredible match. The moment is just so, so good. And I loved it and I love sharing it with her.
1: Yeah. And that's um, like my, uh, my boyfriend is a worker as well. And uh, he's like a, since he was a little kid watching it, um, he grew up with four brothers. They had a trampoline. So you can imagine how that went. And so I have the luxury of having him show me like all this stuff and he gets super excited to, to share stuff with me and see how I'll respond. So it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to uh, kind of remind people why they love wrestling. And sometimes they, people forget how they responded to it the first time. And then I get all excited. And it's like when somebody watches a – or it's like when you watch a TV series after it's off the air and everybody watched it. And then you're like, hey, who wants to talk about this show I watched? Right. Like, Oh, yeah, I forgot how amazing that was. It's
0: like, yeah, Firefly has been off for years, but you need to sit here and watch it with me. Yeah, I get it. I totally exactly. understand. Exactly, the same kind exactly. of thing. Same kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so
0: it's cool. Yeah. So as far as wrestling today, like, what are your thoughts on where WWE and AEW are? And I, I specifically want you to speak on women's wrestling and, and where you think it is. Because, I, again, I know you've only been a fan for a couple years, but obviously you're very well studied when it comes to this kind of stuff. So where do you think that women's wrestling is and what do they need to do to take the next step?
1: Um, I think that we like with the women's revolution and stuff, we are in a, in a weird transitional phase right now with all the talent that's being moved around, I guess Um, like even recently with the, uh, with with the releases from the pandemic and stuff like that. People are going to AEW and people are doing all this different stuff and Um, it'll be interesting to see, I think where things sort of settle in, but it's good to see like at any rate for the, for the women and, uh, for the men and for everybody, it's awesome that we're, we now have more platforms available for wrestlers to, uh, strive to be a part of, because for a long time there was a monopoly and, you know, that was, that was the goal for everyone. And, and WWE was like the peak and everybody wanted that because it meant you were the best. Now the best isn't so black and white and there's people that will be best at different promotions. And it's, it's good for the industry because it allows people to be their true character. They don't have to, they don't have to, um, you know, sort of paint everyone with the same brush to fit a certain mold. Everyone has the opportunity to be successful in a lot of different ways. And I think, um, as far as women's wrestling is concerned, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot more respect being demanded and and also given, um, I, which I think is super important as well so you know uh, women's wrestling has been um, on on the rise for the last little while and and there's women are getting a lot different opportunities than they would have had in the past and I think that part of that comes from the fact that women are starting to understand that they do offer the same they have the same value they offer the same uh, you know entertainment value and and they have the same skill that a lot of men have so understanding the value and then being able to sort of demonstrate the value and then seeing that response from fans and promotions and stuff like that is really cool.
0: Yeah. And I agree with that. We just recently, I say recently, it's been a couple months now. uh, My wife, my sister-in-law and rain from WWE, what if at WWE, what if on Instagram, there's a free plug rain. uh, The three of them (laughs) them did an episode on women's wrestling and I hosted it and I mostly didn't say anything, but I, I was asking questions. Right. And hearing their perspective is really cool. And it was very different than me and my brother and my cousin who, you know, have been watching wrestling our entire lives and yep. and have seen, like, not to be mean, but at times women's wrestling was a joke, right? Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, you want to talk about the early WrestleMania twenties where you just had like a bunch of bra and panties matches or even if they had a serious match, it's very rare for it to go over five or six minutes, even on a main card like WrestleMania or SummerSlam. So it's incredible that they main evented WrestleMania last year. And I thought it was really cool. Um, and I, I think they can do it again. I, I just hope that WWE isn't doing this for marketing. And yeah. and because I've spoken many times about I think they need to, to push someone other than the four horsewomen. And then at WrestleMania, you have Bailey, Charlotte, Becky winning, and Bailey won because of Sasha. And as much yeah. as I love the four of them, I want to see other people step forward. And that, that yeah. goes with any division, right?
1: for sure. And it, like another cool moment for me was that I actually got to see, uh, I, I was at mania last year.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So that was, um, like, you know, just, it it was close. It was at MetLife stadium in, in New Jersey, which from where I am is only a few hours drive. So nice. that was just purely coincidental that I had the option to go there without spending a million dollars. So, right. uh, it was, I saw a lot of really cool stuff. It was my first mania. Um, and, and being able to see the women's match was awesome, but, uh, you know, I agree. I think that they're. I, I think that we're headed in the right direction, and I think that there's a lot of promotions smart enough to understand what women's wrestling has to offer. So that if it does get kind of screwed up by one promotion, there's always going to be another one there to say that to understand that it's their opportunity to rise up and do better for women. And I think that that's one of with the advantages of having these different different promotions available for uh, for people to work.
0: I think that a lot of people and I know we're kind of moving into women's wrestling and we're getting away, but I I really like to hear your opinion on this. Sure. A lot of people give WWE a lot of credit for the women's revolution, but this is TNA impact wrestling, right? Like Gel Kim and Awesome Kong over a decade ago were really paving the way for WWE to, to do something. So I think they deserve a lot of credit too.
1: Well, absolutely. And I think that women's wrestling, um, is like on the Indies, like women have been wrestling for, for a long time. This isn't something that people who only watch TV wrestling, who only follow the WWE, they, they, they're not really as a lot of them don't, a lot of those people don't understand what people are doing to get to that point. Right. Right. So they don't know what, uh, what women's wrestlers are doing up until that point. And I think that a lot of it comes from the, the matches that people put on and that women put on in the Indies that everyone puts on in the Indies, but right. You know, it's, uh, That's not all you see, and just because the WWE decided to acknowledge it in the way that they did, which, again, is fantastic, Um, but that doesn't mean that that's when it started, just because they are sort of, again, the monopoly at that point. Right. That doesn't mean that's when it started. That means it's, you know, we were lucky that they decided to use their platform to start sharing it with the world because they were the biggest platform available.
0: Yeah, 100%. So I'm going to ask you a loaded question. So this, this this is a big deal. If you could yes. wrestle anybody, any person from any point in wrestling history, who would it be and why?
1: I, <laughs> um, I, I say, um, I say my, like, I've been asked this question before and I, my answer actually changes because... That makes sense. I mean, opinions change. Different people for different reasons. Yeah, Yeah. but I think, like, again, in a nutshell, to wrestle Kenny Omega would be a pretty easy day at the office because it doesn't matter what I will do; it will still be the best match that I've ever had. Right. So, (laughs) and that would be a pretty cool moment. Um, I think that there's there are certain wrestlers that are really able to bring out the best in uh, the person that they're working. I love Mako Satomura. I would love to work with her. I think she is. um, She's her style is incredible and the way that she is able to look so uh like she she's just so on point and everything looks so um i I don't even know like everything looks really strong and everything looks really um crisp and i think that that would be a really cool person to work with okay it depends uh you know i'll work anybody i'll work you i don't care
0: (laughs) well i've never i've never had a match but (laughs) maybe one day maybe one day We'll meet halfway and we'll wrestle in I don't know Kentucky or something. Is that somewhere? <laughs> is that something. halfway between Florida and Ontario? Maybe.
1: I don't know, man. I'm a wrestler. I'm not geography.
0: <laughs> uh, so let me let me ask you because you mentioned we also did an episode on this recently. You mentioned Kenny Omega. You'd like to wrestle him. What what are your thoughts sure. on inter, intergender wrestling?
1: I think that any good wrestling match has a has a story. I think yeah. that you if you want to watch uh, you know people if you want to watch somebody fight there's lots of uh options and outlets to do that I live downtown in a decent sized city if I really want to watch people punch each other I could go you know wander the streets at 2am after the bars are right out. I think that people people enjoy wrestling because there's elements of entertainment that come from wrestling that you can't get in other combat sports and the emotional investment is part of that. And that comes from telling a story that people can relate to, that people support, and that pe- people want to cheer on the face, and they want they want to see the heel, you know, they want to see him get just completely destroyed. And that doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. I think it's important that there are, you know, w- there's always going to be things done within reason. And, and I say that meaning that if a, f- uh, a five-foot girl gets in a ring with a 240-pound, six-foot-two guy, I don't think that she should be able to you know, pick him up and throw him out of the ring. It doesn't make any sense. And people are going to get confused. I think that there's certainly ways to leverage uh, your assets and what you do. And that's where creative storytelling comes into place because um, there's always going to be, there's always going to be different ways that, you know, maybe, maybe you can look at two people and you can tell somebody's stronger, or you know, somebody has been in the ring longer and that's, that's common knowledge that right. does not mean that they, that doesn't mean that they're going to win because maybe the other person is more clever maybe the other person is faster maybe the other person just has spent so much time understanding what you can and can't do that they will be able to smart you at every turn. and that's where that's where the best matches come from is that sort of um really fleshed out storytelling like that so i think that intergender matches can be incredible when they're done properly but that goes for any match
0: yeah, I 100% agree. I don't want to see Alexa Bliss wrestle Brock Lesnar. I never do. Yeah. But I think intergender wrestling has a a place in wrestling. I think it's really cool on Impact. I'm not sure. And like, I love the mixed tag stuff that AEW did on Jericho Cruz mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure that I ever want to see uh, a 120 pound woman wrestle a 300 pound guy. Um, I, I just, I just don't necessarily want to see a guy throw her around you know what i mean
1: well and but, i think that it goes the other way too like if you have um like a, a really 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 uh big girl who's um in the ring with a really tiny guy like i uh, there's there's you know
0: yeah nia Jax versus leo rush right
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and it's it's one of those things that you would hope that she could pick him up and toss them out of the ring because that is 100%. reasonable you know i think that that's where it all comes into play i don't love the whole I don't like it when people are built up to be stronger than they are just for the sake of, uh, top right. You know, right. I don't want people, I don't want people wanting me to win because I'm a girl. I want people to want me to win because I'm a good wrestler. I want them to want me to win because they can get behind me and they believe in what I'm doing. Not because, well, she's a girl. So, so she should win, even though realistically that guy could drag her six blocks to be wanted. You know? Right. Yeah. So that's how I see it.
0: Yeah. I totally get it. I tell you, I was, I was interested in, in Nia Jax versus Dean Ambrose. And I tell you, I still think that one day we're going to get Nyla Rose versus Kenny Omega. You know, they teased it months ago, and AEW is real big on following up. So I think it's going to happen. We'll,
1: we'll see what happens. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I think
0: 100%. So last question for you, and then I'll let you go. I can talk your <laughs> ear off, and I'm sorry. We could do this all day.
1: <laughs> okay. All good.
0: So tell me a story that you've had maybe – that's related to wrestling or maybe of a, a crazy match that you've had, or maybe you were booked for something that went awry. Give me, give me a, give me an interesting, funny story.
1: Um, God, I don't know. I'm not that, I'm not that funny.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I disagree. I'm I'm trying,
1: <laughs> I'm trying like, there's, there's so much, so much ridiculous stuff that happens in wrestling that like, you know, none of it really seems, I don't know. All
0: not the crazy stuff my, happens should, is normal.
1: Uh, Yeah, I should like back pockets and stories like this. I should be better prepared for talking about (laughs) wrestling and people. People like like I said, people ask me who who I'd like to wrestle, and I it changes every time because I don't know. Whatever, man. I'm just, I'm I'm still, still going through the act of learning about wrestling as I'm learning to wrestle, as I'm trying to work as a wrestler. So there's a lot going on at all times. Yeah, I used to I used to be super. I, like i I feel like ashamed, kind of like I felt stupid that I didn't know what other people knew. I almost felt like people didn't take me seriously and is- st- some to be honest sometimes I still feel like people think that I'm kind of a joke in yeah. in the sense that you know when you pour your 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 blood sweat and tears into something over a decade and then you see this girl who just decides to start doing something late in life on a whim um i can I can understand how that would be um. I don't want to say it would, it would just kind of be like un, unnerving or something that might make you cautious. And I get that. But I think that the people closest to me know that despite the fact that I maybe uh, don't know as much as as someone else who's been as invested for who's been invested for a long time that like I, I kind of go at it with my whole heart. And I really love doing this. So well, that's kind of
0: cool. That's awesome. Well, your story is yeah. very inspirational and, and really legitimately interesting. Thank I, you. I absolutely love Talking to you, I hope one day, and one day soon, we'll be able to have you on another episode. You've been great.
1: Yeah, man. Now definitely.
0: before we go, speaking of, uh, this is totally off the off the record, and this is totally unprofessional, but I'm gonna say it anyway. <laughs> so you sent me a, we were talking on Instagram, and you were like, I asked you a question, you were like, yeah, man, and I'm like, I don't know why, but the way that I read your Instagram message, I'm like, this girl's cool, we're gonna have a good time, and we're gonna be friends. Like what? <laughs>
1: Lab. You know what? I still get nervous doing stuff like this too. And I, I try to like, you try to be, you try to be cool because you yeah. want people to like you and you go on like Instagram and you like try like do I the coolness pictures, my captions. <laughs> like, and it's, it seems like sometimes I look at other people's like social media and I'm like, look at how effortlessly cool these people are and right. I'm sitting here. Like, how can I, how can I make myself seem super cool as I'm sitting here and like like an oversized sweatshirt, like with like Cheeto dust on my hands going, like, I'm so cool, like, <laughs> you know. So it's, uh, I'm still trying to trying to get more comfortable with, with just kind of letting a little bit of myself show. So, it's uh it's going okay.
0: Well, that's <laughs> awesome. So speaking of your social media, tell me where we can sure. find you.
1: Um, I am pretty much everywhere at I know Shiloh. Uh, so Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, pro wrestling Tees, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure if you just Google it, you'll find other places that I forgot. But it's at I know, and then Shiloh is S H I L O.
0: Okay, awesome. And I, I I checked out your pro wrestling tees, and it has I know Shiloh all <laughs> over the shirt. Like I looked at the back of the shirt, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like you know, that that is promotion. Like other than Chris <laughs> Jericho, that might be you might be the smartest you know promoter of your own uh, of yourself that I've seen.
1: Oh man! If you don't try and put yourself over, no one else is going to. right? <laughs> Oof, yeah. Well, oh, hey, it's on the. Ba- I figured it's on the back, though. So, like even people who want to support me, they don't have to look at it. <laughs> it's just, it's just that maybe people will be intrigued. They'll be like, "That guy knows Shiloh." Like, who's Shiloh? And then they'll look it up. And maybe my caption that day will have been really cool. And then they'll, you know, you know, it'll come full circle. I don't know.
0: That's so awesome. That's so <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun chatting today. Yeah, of
0: course, of course. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at WrestleLife Radio on Facebook and Instagram and Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at WrestleLifeMatt on Instagram and Twitter. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Remember, support indie wrestling. Hashtag support indie wrestling. Have an absolutely wonderful day.